Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption, episode 133, Entrapment. I am May, and I'm here with... Tatiana. And Jessica. We recap DCTV in a flash. Uh, you can usually find us over on Tumblr, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, over on Twitter at DCTVGumption, and you can email us all your thoughts at ladieswgumption at gmail.com. Of course, all of our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Podcasts. I don't know what the official name for Amazon's podcasts are, but we are there too. Um, and of course, <laughs> if you do have a Patreon, uh, we thank you ever so much for supporting us. Um, if you are not a patron and you are thinking about uh, supporting us, then we are offering a half off a deal through uh, mid-March. And it's 50% off, so it's $5 to sign up to listen to us talk about everything, anything, including Mandalorian, um, The Boys, The Witcher, um, Umbrella Academy, Upload. We're going to talk about WandaVision uh, next month. We're going to talk about Static Shock. We've Talked about so many different things. Uh, motherland, Fort Salem. Motherhood. And, <laughs> did I say motherhood? Motherland. <laughs> motherland. Really motherland. The motherland. <laughs> Fort Salem could be the motherland. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. And we always take um, suggestions, of course, for anything that you want us to talk about. So feel free to send us those suggestions and um, support us if you can. Otherwise, our podcasts are available on every post and every Sunday to Podomatic, and patrons get them 24 hours in advance in addition to all the bonus episodes as well. In the news section, we have Shazam 2, which is uh, currently underway, and it has cast West Side Story actress Rachel Zegler in an undisclosed key role, all these undisclosed roles we don't really know right. of. <laughs> Not really, don't know what to say about that, yeah. but yay but that's her. exciting for her. Yeah, I'm yeah. very happy for her. Um, she seems very excited about it as well. And then, of course, WB is planning a Superman reboot, which was very surprising. But uh, what's good about this one is that, number one, it's written by Tanahisi Coates. Um, and it's produced by J.J. Abrams. He's not directing, so for people freaking out over that, I don't know why. He has a production <laughs> company. <laughs> and it's going to actually focus on a black Superman, which is very exciting. It has not been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can add, like, a lot more depth and, you know, intriguing aspects to his backstory. That would be really, really interesting. And it definitely um, feels like it gives it, like, a reason, like, why you might be yeah. rebooting it for the 300th yeah, exactly. time. I, I Otherwise, I was like, I don't know why uh, they're going to reboot yeah. that. It's going to cast another yeah. like, white dude in it. <laughs> And I guess Henry Cavill, they just don't want him back or he's not going to come back. I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I think apparently, according to Deadline, this is not necessarily related to, like, there could be two. Uh, gotcha. So it's like the Batman. It's not, right. It's not uh, like, or they yeah, don't I, know. I feel like it's in the Deadline, they're like, Henry Cavill is itching to get back in the super suit. And like, well, how is he going to do that right. if he's black? So, so it, I think it's like, it's not Clark Kent. It'll be a, separ- a separate Superman. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. So we're really expanding the universe. Yeah. Well, isn't like, <laughs> Like in the comics, is it Earth twenty three that he's that Superman is black? I think so. I don't remember the number, but yes, I remember there is a another Earth black man. Yeah, and we so love very, that for him. That's exciting, um, in and of itself, which is great for him. Um, Angel Manuel Sotos has been cast, or no, he's directing a Blue Beetle film. Yes. They have not cast for the role no. yet. He was the director of Charm City Kings, which was a great yes. movie. Yes, and it's going to center uh, Jamie as the Blue Beetle, which is very exciting. He's the third incarnation of the character. And it's just exciting in general because, you know, Jaime is not, like, 
one, he's not Batman, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's not the, like the First big. First of all, right person. there. Yeah. So Which is, finally, yeah. we're starting to branch out a little bit. Let, way to go, DC. Baby steps. <laughs> Amazing. I know. It's, it's, it's about time, honestly, because we've seen so many iterations of Batman at this point. That's just and exhausting. And since, since the director is Latino, then the actual focus will be on Jaime and not, like, Head or whatever. White, white dude, yeah. <laughs> Mentor dude or something like that, so. One can hope. <laughs> One can and hope. And it's set to start filming, like, later this year, right? So they're, like, Yeah, I mean, they already have a director and everything like that, so they're they're moving forward with a lot of um, development stuff, which is pretty exciting. So I guess 2022 is going to be very packed uh, with new DC films. Um, speaking of DC, Titans is going to be back for season three. We don't know when it's actually being back, going to be back, but Blackfire has been, her costume has been revealed and she looks amazing. Um, and I, I legit thought it was going to be like a trailer, but it was just yeah, the costume. So I was like, sitting there the whole day. I was like, wait, <laughs> no trailer. I thought that was just like the, you know, the appetizer. <laughs> They're like coming tomorrow. It's like, what's coming tomorrow? <laughs> Is the show coming tomorrow? Is the trailer coming tomorrow? Like, no, just Black Fire's costume. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah, but it looks good. I, I like the costume. I, it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, and it's nice that they're actually like doing promo and hyping up the show. Even these little costume reveals, like they did for Starfire and stuff, um, is different than I think that they've done things in the past. And I hope I don't they actually, yeah. I hope this this promotion is actually meaningful. That it's going somewhere, and that we actually mm. see all of this come oh, out. Oh, right, right. It's yeah, like yeah. why would they spend so much promo money on just being dramatic over? costumes starfire and blackfire's costumes and that not be a huge part of the show so sure, you know. yeah hopefully so that would be yeah like, let's hope they finally give starfire her due it's about time yeah it really is um in or elsewhere rather the flash's grant gustin has been cast in a netflix movie as a lead uh, oh, I don't know his character's maybe. name. It is a Netflix movie. It's based on a real life story, I and it's about how Dave or something. State. What was that? Like a Dave or something. Dave, the name of the character. That sounds, sounds like a... <laughs> kind of lame, but you know. <laughs> well, it's well, like Dan. It was so Dan. close. It's Dan. Dan. Okay. <laughs> is that is that less lame for you, May? Is that a better name? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's gonna play a state trooper named Dan, who is who's the love of his life will be a dog, and he'll be rescued by this dog. And it's gonna be written by the same person who wrote A Walk to Remember. So very. I was, like, this sounds like a very like Christian, um, you know, like those. I don't know what the production company is. It's not it's not Hallmark, but it's like a you know in the movie theaters where like some child is like dying of cancer, but they inspire the entire town to keep believing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does really sound like that. And since, like, the writers are Walk to Remember, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. what that writer has done since a Walk to Remember, that they were like, a Walk to Remember screenwriter. (laughs) It's like, what has they scripted? Remember that movie in 2001? (laughs) It did wonders for Mandy Moore, so, you know. That's true. It really did. Deserved. Deserved. (laughs) Oh my god, I forgot Crystal came out and existed in this world. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it says in future credits and that like three? Stacey directed Crystal. <gasps> yeah, it's like three years, three but, years ago now? Damn. Okay, yeah. I so it's been, I'm, I'm glad that he's finally found a film that 
hopefully we'll actually go through since he's the lead character and <laughs> he's the lead, so hopefully. <laughs> you know. Um Legends of Tomorrow is going to be back. They set a premiere date for season six that will air on May second at eight PM, so it's taking over the Batwoman slot at eight. Batwoman is gonna be pushed to nine, which is tragic. I don't know why they did that, but um Yeah, that's kinda of weird because I feel is is Bat mm. I don't know, like, the more edgy of the two. Because Legends has always been a nine. It's always been after, like, Flash or Arrow. I don't know. Well, maybe Batman's about to get sexier. You put your kids to to sleep before Legends come on. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're not like (laughs) bad influences. I'm trying to sit home. You can only imagine. He's like, don't watch the Wave Rider. Close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, elsewhere in the Arrowverse, we had a couple of teasers. Uh, we got a teaser about Diggle being back because we know he's going to be on uh, Flash, Supergirl, Lois, Superman, and Lois, and like throughout the Arrowverse, basically. And he's going to have to be dealing with something. Like some, he's going to come to Central City, and he's going to be caught up in like what he's dealing with, and that's going to affect how he handles whatever the whatever's going on in Central City. We I'm don't know so what any of these things are. <laughs> I'm so annoyed and I'm I'm like I'm pre annoyed because I f- feel like like this whole you know, the whole thing about him being a Green Lantern and like great value, John Stewart and all this kind of stuff and they're going forward with it or whatever. Like this man, he can't even handle super speeding with Barry from like point A to point B. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I guess I mean that could be, you know, an interesting point of view of Diggle like trying to be a Green Lantern when he can't even handle <laughs> the slight inconvenience of super speed or something. I don't know. But it's just like, like the ring make him puke instead of the super speed. Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm already pre annoyed at whatever is going to be preoccupying him. So whatever. <laughs> um, and then we had a couple of more teasers. Somebody asked uh, Matt TV line whether Barry will be guesting on Supergirl this in the final season. But it was basically pretty much a long-winded answer from Eric that was basically no. No, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> wish. Even like Kara mm-hmm. coming to the Flash. Yeah, because right. I think that's. What, I think he was really saying Kara's definitely not coming to the Flash. But hey, maybe it'll happen on another show. <laughs> I don't control the other shows. Yeah, no. and I think because of, because they did cancel the Superman and Lois and Batwoman crossovers because of COVID, so right. it seems like not likely that anyone will be crossing over except for Diggle. Who doesn't yeah. have a show anymore? But, I mean, that was, like, you know, early in the COVID situation. We're, we're now COVID veterans. So That's whether true. that is still... It's been almost a year since we've all shut down. Right. <laughs> going, going like, towards, like, the end of the season or, or whatever, I feel like there's, there might be some hope, especially since it's the last one for Supergirl. Yeah. That maybe she'll want, like, a goodbye tour, or they could give her a goodbye tour, since they're not doing, like, a traditional crossover this year but who knows but it also makes me wonder like how far behind they are because they i think it's one of the only shows that hasn't announced like when it's actually coming back because star girl had a little preview promo that was like we're coming back in the summer so there's that it's not like a specific date but we know it's coming mm-hmm. um and Supergirl's like the last one that hasn't been announced yet so it's it'll be interesting to see where it ends up being thrown into the schedule probably june maybe I don't know. I feel like it has to come back around the same time as Stargirl. I feel like that makes sense, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, in non-Arrowverse related news, motherhood, motherhood. See, you wrote motherhood. Did I? <laughs> it's motherhood. 
<laughs> That's the name of the show. I wrote it like, directly from the tree. Oh, it is Motherland. Damn it. <laughs> 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 it's like I copied it from the tweet. It's like, oh no, <laughs> the tweet was wrong. <laughs> Motherland for Salem is getting a season two, and it's going to premiere in the summer. Also, does not have a date, but you know we can assume late, like late June probably, which sounds about right because I think that's around the same time it premiered in twenty. God, was it twenty nineteen? Um, so that's coming. So yay, we finally get to know what's going to happen. Yes, and, then, and you will get to know or our figure thoughts. out our thoughts about it, yeah, on <laughs> Patreon. Um, and then, of course, we have a new show this week, which we will not have a full section for because it is Superman and Lois. <laughs> and uh, Tati and I have seen it. Um, what are your thoughts, your first impressions on the show, Tati? <laughs> we have decided against it. We have voted it out. <laughs> Has it been completely voted out yet? Voted out, though? <laughs> Have you well? Like, tell me your impressions of it because okay. I have not seen the show. I did not watch it this week. My thoughts on it were: I thought it was very bleak. I mean, I know I don't know why Martha had to die. It was seemed really just like I guess okay to bring them to Smallville, but wouldn't it have been more interesting if she was alive and needed them to come to Smallville, and then they had like a generational, you know fun family drama that happened to be Superman and Lois and Clark has to deal with his mom and his wife and his kids, etc. Like it could be like an everybody loves Raymond situation, but with Clark, but mm-hmm. instead it's like depression hours. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody compared it. To, they're like, this is a superhero show, but like, it's more like this is us. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to watch that. Right. It, it, it was kind of like that, but like a not very interesting version of this is us. Cause there's no like central mystery there. You know, I mean, other than, I guess, the mystery is like, oh, no, why did this company, Morgan Edge's company, buy Lana's bank? And I was like, oh, no, I can't wait to find out why Morgan Edge bought Lana's bank. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> and then, like, oh, why is why is Lex Luthor from another Earth here? Probably the same reason all bad guys are here, right? So there's nothing, like, special about it. I think the thing that was, like, weirdest and I guess was most interesting, but I hate it was, like, the way that Jonathan... Is his Jonathan? I don't remember the, the name of the two kids. One of them Jonathan, and one of them's not Jonathan. Jordan. But Jordan. Jordan. So which is the one that has the powers? Jordan. Oh, okay. Well, then he's got to go. He's Jonathan is the powers? most superior child. Yeah. Exactly. It should so, be Jonathan. The whole time they but, think that Jonathan had powers. Right. Is, but it's well, I, I feel like they leave it open to interpretation, too, because I still feel like Jonathan can still get powers. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get them. He'll just yeah. get them like more like his dad did, whereas Jordan got them crazy way. Like he was the, the Brightburn child. I was like, is Jordan evil? Anyway, that was so strange. And also, um, so, okay, if I had to say good things, good things that I will say were that I, re- I, did, I do like Bitsy as Lois. I think she's a good Lois, and I think she did really well in this. I think she carries... Of, like, the relationship and the family structure, she definitely carries it. Tyler is just there. Tyler was fine when he was, like, hanging out with Kara or just, like, smiling at Barry or whatever. But, like, when he's, like, family man, lead of his show, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed now, Tyler. So I'm sorry about that. But Bitsy did great. Um, and I really liked the three seconds we got of Emmanuel Shrieky as, uh, as Lana. And I think that she and Lois could have an interesting dynamic because it's cool that it's, like, 
we're just, you know, obviously whatever happened is in the past now, and we've all moved on from that, except for the husband who fucking hates Clark for reasons that I'm sure will be explained later. <laughs> will we? Just kidding. Yeah. Well, I think he like, just hates him on the 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 notion that they dated in high school. Exactly. That's like pretty. He just he seems like an asshole. He, he just hates. He him knew him, and they all knew each other in high school, right? He was yeah. also their friend in high school, so he has like bad blood with Clark over Lana. But like Lana doesn't care, and Lois doesn't care. So like <laughs> I think that that part is fun, and I'm interested in you know hopefully them having friendship and dynamic and whatever. Um, so that part's good. Then stupid love triangle for the kids. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, the brothers with the girl, but then it wasn't, because Jonathan does not care. Because Jonathan's like, I'm just here to have a good time, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really part of this story. But it was, like, so Jordan and, and Sarah are getting closer, and then her boyfriend just comes out of nowhere and is like, oh, my God, I'm so aggressive, and I hate you for talking to my girlfriend. Face punch. And so that was so, like, why is this how we're introduced to her boyfriend? Now her boyfriend just seems like the absolute worst, right? Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. This is stupid and unnecessary. I really don't care about these children and their love lives. So, <laughs> thoughts, May? <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, is, this is not very... Uh, yeah, I will say that I liked it better than I thought I was going to like it, but that's also, like, a, it was a very low bar <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> um, I also agree about Bitsy. I, I really liked her as Lois. I think that she was she sort of, like, grounded the whole storyline what was really frustrating in general is that there wasn't enough of her or like she was more reactionary to like all the men in her lives. Like she was there to pep talk Clark. She was there to roll her eyes at her dad, but we don't really get like what kind of relationship she and her dad have, but we get a lot of like Clark and his sadness over his parents and like Martha dying, which I also thought was like super unnecessary. It was just very man of steel vibes, which I did not like. (laughs) Well, they made that direct comparison in their promo. They did. I think that what's annoying is that I get where they're tr- what they're trying to do because it is different. You know, we've never seen Clark as a dad. We've never seen the fact that like the fact that he even like lost his job as a journalist is realistic and you know very relatable. And I thought that was an interesting angle to tackle and kind of like, oh well, I don't spend enough time with my family and I'm caught doing all these superhero things. My son's angry at me. That stuff, that family stuff, is interesting. It's just that the show doesn't. Like, it's all grim and it's all bleak and there's no sense of, like, lightness. There's no sense of hope, um, which I feel like is not necessarily true to the character, especially since the way that we were introduced to the Superman, he was already like that. Like, he was cheerful and lighthearted and, like, you know, yeah. you can have a bunch of problems, but it's not doom and gloom 24-7, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's so unrealistic to life and in, in anybody's life, really. Like, you can't. Like, if it's going to be like that all the time, it's going to get very exhausting because it's just, like, drama, drama, drama. Right. Um, so I feel like there should have been a little bit more humor. There could have been, you know, I think they desperately need that that funny character <laughs> to just show up and be like, yeah, you guys are way too serious. <laughs> okay. And, um, I mean, obviously, like, they spent a lot of money on the cinematography because it does look really fancy. Um, okay. But it's also, like, very muted and steely, and I didn't necessarily like that. It was just too gloomy. Um, exactly. and yeah, I, mean, I definitely it, wanted, I think we all like when everyone liked Tyler's Superman, when he came on Supergirl, it's because of the tone that he brought mm-hmm. to that Superman, you know, the very mm-hmm. lighthearted, like young, fun Clark, like that we could assume it's kind of like maybe at the start of his journey, but now it's like, just kidding. He's aged 20 years. He has <laughs> teen kids. His parents are both dead and he's very sad. <laughs> like, okay. 
Yeah, and it's just <laughs> it's really hard to watch. I'm like, damn, this is just <laughs> this is a lot. Um, and yeah, I agree that like besides the you know central story and some of the family drama, a it didn't need to be nine. Like I feel like maybe next week's episode will be better because it's gonna be the regular forty minutes long instead of like the the hour and a half that we got for the pilot. It did not need to be that long. It just dragged everything out for no reason. Um, I liked Lana. She was great. I think the actors did a great job with her. Even she was only on the screen for maybe two minutes and you know it has there's like potential but i found like even the villain other than the reveal that he was lex luther was just like okay so like what is he doing you know there's no right tension with the villain like there's no lead up to that great big finale and i felt like those the superhero moments specifically like fell super flat like you don't get a <laughs> sense of like this is superman and you know it was good as clark sometimes but like tati said you know tyler doesn't he's fine but he can't he hasn't shown that he can like fully carry the show yet you know yeah, and i think that i don't think he has that gravitas yeah, yeah yeah exactly and i feel like if they include hopefully if they include like lois more i feel like there would be more of a balance because right now it's just very skewed towards him well the only thing that i was keeping up with when the show was on because i look i had legit reason that i didn't watch the show other than not <laughs> wanting to because i was working on like a, a project for a video editing project for work but i will say that if the flash had aired on the date that it was supposed to air i would have watched the flash so just saying that but like um nadria who is the the black writer that mm-hmm. was let go from this show for voicing her concerns she was also doing like live tweets and one thing that stuck out to me was her saying that all of the one of the, one of the many things, but one of the things that stuck out to me in particular was her saying that a lot of the journalism stuff that she wanted to do for Lois, because, you know, she's got the background from Superman shows. She wrote on Krypton and then journalism and all the stuff that she wanted to do for Lois. She was told that those stories were boring because there's no superpowers in them. And I'm just thinking like, interesting i see because you know you just side eye todd you're like hmm well mm, mm, you made that I, same promise I certainly for remember, on the yeah, flash when you tati and Fozia like cornered todd at san diego comic-con oh like, yeah so now the evil has been defeated so we're gonna see like ajk is no longer here so that means you get <laughs> iris and journalism right he's like sure absolutely and then nothing happened like season four right so i'm like ah I see now. Now the math is mathing. <laughs> there is a pattern here. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll get more. You know, Lois. I I I don't feel encouraged to watch the pilot. Actually, like next week, if I am too lazy to turn off the TV after the flash is on, maybe I'll see an episode or not. But like, I don't know. What would, would you watch? episode two or would you continue have you seen I mean, enough i have to for work but no. <laughs> but like i've seen enough to be interested in where it's going but i won't say that i'm excited about seeing where it's going you know like there's nothing about it that inspires i guess okay uh, in here, i'll know. probably watch it just because but if like if i fall behind i'm not gonna try to catch, catch up. up yeah got it so there you go, um, <laughs> <laughs> listeners. <laughs> the short version of whether you shouldn't or shouldn't watch. <laughs> uh, moving into the crux of the episode, we have Batwoman on side A, 
Five Shots No Regrets, Joy No Joy, and Feedback, um, along with Black Lightning. And Jessica will be our host to take it away. So first up on Batwoman, um, Gore on Canvas. Batwoman is approached by Commander Kane, uh, Agent Moore, to boost an infamous work of art that reveals the way to Coriana and to Kate. So basically, you know, Jacob's been like, Tackling down this lead on this Jack Napier painting, and he thinks he has one, but his lead gets impaled by an assassin. And, um, you know, Ryan swoops in and, and kidnaps Jacob's assassin. And so um, eventually, you know, um, Jacob and Sophie's like, you have something we need. We have information that you need. Let's work together. Ryan is not... Um, very warm up to this idea, but she's convinced by Luke and Mary. So they enter into this agreement to work with the crows. And that leads to this boosting of the artwork. Despite her reservations, Luke and Mary convince Ryan to take the assignment. Like I said, causing tensions within the bat team to escalate. Meanwhile, Alice is attempting to fulfill Sophia's insidious request to kill a man named Ocean that she slowly discovers that she may not be, uh, be able to remember everything of her time on Koryana because she has these memory flashes of this man named Ocean that she just cannot place. And surprise, surprise, he can't remember her either. So both of them have amnesia and they have to work together and not kill each other before they find out why they know each other and why Sophia wants Ocean dead. Norma Bailey directed this episode and it was written by Daniel Thompson, which this might be the first male writer I think for the season. Oh, it, and oh, for this season. <laughs> and show, yeah, <laughs> being dramatic, but like not really. <laughs> this would be written by man. No kidding. So, what did, what brought you joy in this episode? Well, did um, <laughs> I did have some joy in this episode. Uh, inc- although joy may not be the right word. I do think that they are writing Angelique and Ryan in such a way that it's clear that it's kind of like a battle between who Ryan wants to be and then who she could, you know, fall back into, the life she could fall back into because, you know, spending maybe spending too much time with Angelique or being too involved in Angelique would kind of go against the life she's building as Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. It's fulfilling like her mom's, uh, exactly. mm-hmm. her promise to her mom. Yeah. So that's good. Um, Alice and Ocean are sexy. They have sexy chemistry, watching them dance around each other and try to figure out who they were. And like, they get like electric shocks of memories when they touch each other, whatever. It's all, <laughs> all doing well, all good. Also, the fact that he's Sophia's brother, that's like interesting, makes me curious of like what it was that really happened on the island, why Sophia erased their memories, what else she erased, what the thing How was did in- she erase it? Exactly. How did she do it? And why did she, like, there was that, like, flashback or whatever where he was like, oh, because you want something that I have or whatever, right? Like, the one thing that you can't have that, whatever. I was like, is that Alice? Is Sophia into Alice? Like, what's happening? What is going on? <laughs> That's absolutely what it felt like. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, Love triangle. Exactly. <laughs> it could be a red herring, but it definitely felt like that. So I'm interested. I'm very interested in that little backstory there. And just I think that it was like a fun dynamic. I also like not like I'm a fan of the concept of the, you know, villainess is redeemed by love or whatever. But it will be interesting to see who Alice was. I guess she was still back then, you know, whatever. But who Alice was 
when she had some love, right? Because, like, her whole thing is, like, having lost all this love, right? Her dad didn't love her enough. Kate didn't love her enough. Whatever. Mouse betrayed her. Whatever. So she's always, like, she wants just, like, affection, right, is what she actually wants. So in this time, we assume she had it. So, like, what could she have been like had she gotten it? And, you know, why did Kaya take it away? (laughs) Kept Mm -hmm. it, right. Et cetera. So, like, that'll be interesting. And it'll give um, Rachel Sparzen something different to do, which we like to see. Okay. Also, I liked Evan Blake, the friend of Kate, who was like, Kate, help me come out and whatever and help me appreciate myself. And I was like, cool. That's cool. And also the idea that Evan and Mary, like, fought for Kate's affection in high school or whatever. I was like, that's interesting. That's, like, cute, I guess. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would have liked to see, you know. I have other thoughts. You have other thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why doesn't Mary get love? No, but, um, yeah. yeah. Basically. (laughs) But Evan, Evan, like, as a character was interesting. And it it was his first role, the actor. Oh, really? Well, did well, did well. Um, but I do, I, I, it did make me want to see more of Mary's life outside of what we currently see. Because we know she's kind of like a social butterfly, right? She's a socialite, supposedly. Plus, she's in school. And she has, she and Kate both have a shared history because they have been family for however many years. So it would be cool to see more people that are connected to Mary. And that way you can still keep, you know, Kate around in your memories because Mary is there and people that knew them both are there. So, yeah. Um, also... I like that we are actually delving into the crows being shady as shit. Um, instead of just like in season one, it was kind of like, the crows are here. They're like the cops. We support them. And now it's like, the crows are here. They're like the cops, but like in a really bad way, right? All crows are bastards. Um, and Ryan calling Sophie out um, for the fact that she's working for an organization that's super fucking shady. Um, also, Luke and Luke and Ryan bonding over bonding bonding over the fact that (laughs) (laughs) they have been screwed over by the crow but it was a really good scene like it it did help um them grow closer maybe Mm. make luke understand ryan better um gives them a reason to connect and also i just think it's a good like we're exploring more like the not just trauma for ryan but also just how her just being herself who she is as a black woman as a woman who has been, you know, on the other side of the law, I guess, how that affects her outlook and her ability to see the crows for what they are, rather than just, well, it's my dad's company, or this is my stand-in, James Gordon. Uh, so, yeah. That's all. Wonderful. I also liked Luke and Ryan's uh, little moment on the roof. I think that, you know, because Luke has... For so long, he has not trusted her. He's not really, like, warming up to her in the way that, you know, Mary has. And it's been really difficult to watch him kind of keep her at arm's length. And it was really nice that they actually did bond um, over the crows specifically because it's like, finally, Luke is waking up. It's like, oh, yeah, Luke, remember what happened with the crows and what they did to your dad? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a light bulb. Um, and it was really nice to be like, you know... We have we don't like them, but we have to like work with them, and it's sort of like the the struggle in real life, right? Like how everything is just so interconnected. And it's like, yeah, but this is bad, but sometimes we have to like do things we don't want to do, and it sucks. But at the end of the day, like Ryan actually got to sever ties with the crows, and also like her not trusting them brought me joy because 
you know, especially with with regards to how Sophie's been set up for so long with within the crows, you know, she's very pro crow. She wants to try to do the right thing and stuff like that. But then we find someone else who's like opposed to all of it and doesn't see the crows as allies. And she, you know, maybe I don't know if this will actually happen, but like maybe it'll it'll start to get her to think about like what it is she's. What are what is her end goal with the crows? You know, yeah, exactly. Um, because other than her relationship with Jacob and knowing Jacob, like what, like she says that she's trying to change them from within, but we don't really see any of that. So maybe it'll it'll try to like get her to get out of the crows and maybe I don't know, start her own thing or work with the bat people. You know, Julia, because we have not seen. (laughs) That's true. She's just, she went back Poor to Julia. I don't know what happened. <laughs> we don't care about Julia at her. all. Yeah. We we'll just were, she just ceased to exist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so like all that stuff with, with Ryan, even like it was really cute the way that she tried to get in. Like she was obviously uncomfortable trying to like go to that uh, party that was very exclusive or whatever and you know, she tried to like make an excuse and then Angelique coming in and, and you know, saving her to sort of speak to like get her into the party. And it, I like that they're setting up like this vibe where you really do like them together, but also you know that it's still your foot is not completely in the door, right? You're just like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, but their dynamic is really like there's something energetic about it. I don't know. You like watching them together. There's something there that is interesting and they're very like they have really good chemistry and I like that how that's playing out so far. I mean, we get to also see like Angelique's other side beyond her relationship with Ryan. Like what is she up to? Who does she know? And all this other stuff. So all that was really interesting and just getting to see like the fact that they brought up the kryptonite bullet again. Ryan was obviously hurt. She was operating her in like feeling like she was had to do it alone, but also sort of bringing the team closer together. Like her and Luke are now sort of on the same page and her and Mary are even more on the same page. So just seeing that evolution of their friendship carry on um, is really, really nice. Can't say anything else about the episode <laughs> that I really liked. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did an admirable job. You both did you. pulling out, pulling out some gems. Yeah, I I also liked um, Angelique and Ryan's um, little chemistry. Like Angelique has a nice apartment for a drug dealer, but I guess the drug dealers do have nice apartments because they got a lot of cash. But um, like the whole that whole little breakfast scene in the morning, um, you know, with Ryan and her little panda pajamas <laughs> and they just they seem like really really cute together um but then you know they got like the red flags of you know she came in handy in helping her into the party but she's also dealing the drugs instead of she says she's not taking them but you know you know that's just gonna lead to bad stuff but um for now I think they're it's a slice of Ryan that has nothing to do with being Batwoman so it's nice to see um that side of her life um and someone that knew her before this season began so you know there's a lot to kind of pull from there and we know from the previous week how much Angelique was ride or die for Ryan so um you know the possibilities of that being continued on in their adult lives now that they're reconnected um and she says that she's gonna make it up to Ryan it will be interesting to to kind of see where that goes. 
um, the fact that the kryptonite womb was checked out because I know we had some of like, if they don't say anything about this kryptonite womb, throw the whole show away. So, like, I, I do like that, you know, it was brought up and that she finally went to Mary about it. Mary's like, why didn't you come to me? Yeah. So that I, I feel like, you know, and I guess it's probably because Ryan's just been so used to doing stuff on her own by herself or, you know, not going to the hospital because I ain't got no insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so just kind of dealing with something until it was so bad that you have to go out to somebody. But um, it's it's good that she's getting it checked out and that it is affecting her because you know, I guess we know, I don't know how they're going to revamp it since we're not doing the crossover, but that would have been the reason for the crossover is that it's just getting out of control. So um, we're seeing that now and how it is affecting her. So that's maybe um, you'll see a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that'd be some like good follow through or maybe like whatever information that Kate was supposed to get from Kara, maybe like Kara shipped it <laughs> and it finally arrived. I don't know. Though, like, the fact that the crossover was supposed to be between Batwoman and Superman and Lois instead of Batwoman and Superman or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I like that um, in the situation with the Bat team versus the Crows, I like that the, the it's also weird, you know, they're bonding over shitty things that the crows have done to them. But it was nice that for once Luke was like, let me be empathetic to Ryan and, and speak to her on that level. And they had like a really nice moment. So that was very nice to see between the two of them. Cause it's something I feel like we've been wanting for a while. Um, and I like, I liked Ryan tearing into Sophie cause they are good questions. I mean, like, you know, why are you, yeah. Yeah. With the crows and, you know, like, like you said, like, Sophie says she's, she's trying to like change the culture from the inside. I'm like, doing what? We have not, that's not even a story right now. Uh, but we'll save that rant for later. Um, but like, I like that, you know, especially at the end when the crows prove themselves to be bastards and hit Evan with a car and then leave him like bleeding out on the street. Um, I like that. Ryan was like, and I thought she was just mad at, at Luke because from the trailer I thought she was talking to Luke, but she's talking to both of them. Like, she and she put her foot down. Like, if I say that I have a bad feeling about something, I'm the one that's wearing the suit. You need to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and it was it was necessary because um, on the one hand, you know, she's filling in for Kate, and she doesn't know all the ins and outs of the role. So she has to rely on Mary a lot. She has to rely on Luke because they know all the stuff about Batwoman and, and they're the experts here. But at the same time, she's the one that's wearing a suit. Eventually it will be her team. She needs to be the leader of her team. So it was a good opportunity for her to put her foot down and be like, I said this was a bad idea. Next time I say it was a bad idea, maybe we listen to my idea, you know? So I thought I thought that was really good for um, establishing the future of their dynamic. Um, and then on the other half of the episode, Alice and Ocean, you know, they look cute <laughs> together. I guess their their dynamic was um, they've got chemistry there, but there's just like a lot of other stuff that <laughs> did not pull together. Um, so that's all that I want to 
say about that. Um, I did think it was funny that Ryan was supposed to steal the painting and she got out <laughs> scooped by the little spider. <laughs> He's oh, like, I yeah. thought I was stealing the painting. Yeah. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? I did like the fact that like they brought up the Joker again, but it was like through a painting. They're like, oh yeah, Jack Nap- Napier or whatever. But they actually said the Joker. They actually called him the Joker too. Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting. Oh. <laughs> I did think it was um, interesting little nugget that Ocean actually had like the original. He had the real version so cool <laughs> what did what did not spark joy i mean to be honest if you cannot tell by my tone you know not all the episodes are going to be bangers and this was not this was i feel like this is the first time that it kind of like dipped for me right. um did it dip for you as well what did not spark joy it, it definitely did dip i was less invested in this episode um, and I feel like the, just, it's mostly just, there's like so many people are looking for Kate in so many different ways. And I feel like it'd be so much easier and faster if we just combined our forces and just did one storyline and then we just ended it. But instead it's like people withholding things from each other and not wanting to work with each other because they have different agendas. But of course, all those agendas somehow involve Kate. Um, and while I get why Ryan and Sophie would be on opposite sides, I totally understand Ryan's side of it. I don't really understand Sophie's side of it. Like, when she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, change things from the inside. I'm like, are you, Sophie? Have you changed anything? Um, just her, I guess she, like, fired the, the people that were involved in the wolf spider um, yeah. thing. And that's, like, mm-hmm. that just feels that like what it. happens here. You know, like, that's what happens in life. Sophie's not doing anything different. Like, okay, guys, go do something else now. Go kill other people in other ways. I'm not really interested. Just don't make me look bad. It's like, okay, what did you do? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, so I really don't like that. I and I and I really, really don't like that. I feel like Sophie's always placed in a position of being the antagonist in some way. She was. This is like a a redo of. Kate leaving the military and Sophie not leaving the military exactly. and just staying yeah. there. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like after season one, we should have passed that development for for her. You know, she's already gone through this. She's already changed from that. And in season one, the way that they portrayed the crows was much less like malevolent and shady than they do now. Now it's like the only reason to like the crows would be if you are Kate and your dad is the leader of the crows. <laughs> or if you are Sophie and, you know, the leader of the crows is your pseudo dad, your fake dad. But they don't even have enough of a relationship on screen for that to matter, especially when Kate could be alive and working with that woman, as Ryan said, is the best way to find her. Why? Like, there's nothing. There's no reason why Sophie would, should or would continue working with the crows when they are the way they are. So I don't like it. I don't understand it. Um, and I want it to end. That's mostly <laughs> what I wrote. But also, <laughs> I totally agree with what you said. Like, I like that um, Ryan stood up for herself and was like, I'm the one in the suit, and therefore I should decide whether we're going to work with him or not. But I don't know. I don't like that they put her in that position in the first place. <laughs> like, I, you know, I feel like it was like they should have obviously known that. Especially Luke, who has so much bad blood with the crows to begin with. So I really like that scene where they t- like talked it out. But I'm like, why wasn't he already there? 
why did you mm-hmm. need that scene? <laughs> if anything, that would have been better for me if he if this had been the first time that he had taken Ryan's side fully precisely because of his own, you know, like we can mm-hmm. find Kate on our own kind of thing. So yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's I think that's the I mean the other thing too is probably like the painting and the search for Kate took too much time without Ryan getting it. And so like then in the end it's like Alice it's Alice and Ocean who had it, right? And then it's fake, yeah. Yeah, and it was fake, but then he, like, knows... Like, Evan got hit by a car and almost died for a fake painting. Exactly! All that shit he was talking about, Ryan's clothes not being the right season of her not knowing, he got a fake, he couldn't even tell, it was a real painting. (laughs) 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 There's something to be said there, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, like, in the end, it was just like, uh, okay, so now we have to, like, go, because now we still have to find the real one in order to get the clue to the map to where Kate maybe is, and then Kate probably won't even be there. So it's very, it's very, uh, Star Wars, the last guy, Rise of Skywalker situation, right? Let's go to these three different locations and we're gonna put this map we together. We've been like going to different worlds and we're like, is yeah. it here? <laughs> is this where you belong? <laughs> no. <laughs> Very unnecessary, you know, like having this in the back. But yeah, that's 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 my that's my biggest critique of it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, it was just super slow. Like even I didn't say anything great about Alice and Ocean because I felt like I like their dynamic. They ha- they have in, you know good chemistry and all that. And it's interesting to see what's, where it's going. But also, I've got to tell you, like I completely zoned out sometimes during those scenes because it just there was a lot of there was a lot going on there, and it was just like taking its sweet time they're talking at a bar and then she's in the hotel and then they're trying to get away together and they're like oh my god like two spider-man staring at each other you lost your memory too <laughs> like you know <laughs> i'm like where is this going and why do you both not have your memory of each other you know and i'm sure that they will tell us why but in this episode it just felt like they were going in circles and they weren't coming to a conclusion. And it's the same thing with Kate's storyline. She has a storyline. She's not even here. And it's so frustrating because, you know, and we've said this before, like it's taking away from the other characters. This was like they found a treasure map and the X was not drawn on the treasure map. And they just have this hope that she's alive, but it's like taking too long and it's going nowhere and it's stalling everything. And it's just starting to really grate on my nerves. (laughs) because it took me out of the whole episode it's like oh it's all about kate this time like the whole plot was about her and it's like why you know what about i don't know bonding time with ryan and the bat team what about what sophie's doing like she says that she's helping um the crows get better or whatever i don't know whether she's trying to like make them have a better public persona or she's actually cleaning it up on the inside because we don't see any of it so it's really hard to be invested in what she's saying because the show is not showing us what she's actually doing and it's like this could be an interesting story for her like i don't know with when it comes to these organizations or cops or you know that in general it's like can you clean them up on the inside and that would be an interesting right. plot line if they actually did it <laughs> but they're not going to do it they're just talking about I doing feel like it when kate so flimsy i feel like when jacob sent a swat team to shoot batwoman Sophie should have left the crows at that yeah, point. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it just feels like. And then even, she's... even like when Kate died, like afterwards, or disappeared, whatever. I feel like she shouldn't be in the crows anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she's dragging her feet. It's sort of like she's suffering through some midlife crisis where she doesn't know 
maybe she doesn't know what she wants to do outside of their clothes. Like she doesn't know her identity outside of them. But that would be an interesting thing to explore. They just have to let her do it because we're tired of seeing her in the crows uniform. Oh she seems God. like she's tired of being in the crows. Like do something about it. <laughs> so it's just it's endlessly frustrating because it just it's going nowhere and it's exhausting. Um, and even like this episode with regards to like Mary didn't get anything either. And the plot just didn't move forward. It was, and it was just like, I just lost it several times in the episode. I had to go back and like read recaps or, you know, watch the little scenes. Cause I'm like, I don't even remember what happened here. <laughs> Cause it was, it was super slow. And um, I feel like it really brought the storyline in general to standstill. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the reason why it was so slow was because all the plots were about Kate and her disappearance. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is the main reason why it dragged so much. And as much as I liked Alice and Ocean's dynamic, and I think that that's like an interesting mystery, it just takes you, it's so disconnected from the other side of the plot. Like usually in the other episodes that we've seen so far, even with Sophie and Alice and Coriana, there's still a line there that connected back to the main plot. And I guess the line that was supposed to connect back to the main plot for us was supposed to be the Jack Napier painting that Ocean has. But we didn't see that until like the last couple of seconds when they were in the car together. So, you know, it's just like, why are we spending all this time? And it was quite a significant amount of time in Alice's storyline over here with Ocean and her stalking him at the bar. And I'm like, why are we spending all this time over here like, I don't, I don't really, you know, this storyline is about a plot I don't care about. <laughs> the main plot is the one I don't care about. Like, there's, you know, it was supposed to be like a break from the other plot line, but it wasn't, it was more of the same kind of felt like. And then, I, and I also feel like, <laughs> I don't know if this is because he's a man or not. I'm being dramatic, like slightly, but it just felt like a lot of stuff felt very heavy handed and it reminded me of like the first episode that Caroline Dries wrote for Ryan in her speech. Um, a lot of great stuff said in that speech, but it just came off very, let me look up all the things that strong black women should say. Right. <laughs> and here, like with the whole, you know, all mm-hmm. crows are bastards. And it's like, we know this, this is, it's facts, but is it necessary to, to spell out a cob on like a wall and have like your black lead pointed out and say, right you know, speak it out loud. Um, and if all crows are bastards, which we know them to be bastards, then why aren't we talking about why they're bastards? Like, why haven't we seen the storyline from season one of, like, crows taking private jobs as assassins and all this shit and Luke's dad being killed by them? Mm-hmm. I feel like the, even with the Luke and, and Ryan conversation, as nice as it was to see them bonding, it did feel like a little bit, like, whiplash of... Because I feel like the next episode, he's just going to go back right back to being cranky again. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> you know if you're going to say that all crows are bastards, then why mm-hmm. not do that story instead of just saying, oh, crows are bastards and, and, and pointing it out because it's a trending phrase at the moment and your lead is black. So, <laughs> you know, that was kind of, you know, it's just it sounds corny when you do it like that. So. More show, less tell, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like pacing was off, and like you guys said, it moved slow. Um, Evan and Mary, like I don't, I don't understand why 
there needed to be um, friction there? Could they not both? Like, is Kate really that up in the clouds that she doesn't, like, <laughs> like right. Kate can only love one person at a time. Only, like, how, yeah, show one person attention at a time. Like, was, there, was, was that necessary? Military school was so <laughs> Was it necessary to do that? And then, and then before all that, it's Beth. So, like, Mary can't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor For her Mary. To be, you know, and her background, like we said before, she's, like, a socialite. So, like, why is she, like, the third will in her own familial relationship with anybody that's friends with Kate like why is she like the the kid sister that no one wants to deal with kind of things so I don't know I didn't I didn't need that characteristic mm-hmm. <laughs> of their relationship um obviously I was upset when I, I think it's it's I, I don't know if it's a directing choice or what it is but I just think it's it looks really dumb for wolf spider to come and Evan knows what the layout of the place is because he's the bouncer. So he's he's a, it's an inside job. He comes in as Wolf Spider. He steals the painting. There's there's no security there somehow. <laughs> steals the painting, no problem. And then just starts <laughs> running. And, like do you not have a helicopter or something like <laughs> And he's got like the crows that are chasing him in this in this SUV. And he's like outrunning the SUV. I'm like, I just feel like, how did how did he imagine himself getting away from this situation when you're on like an airplane hangar and there's like miles of nothing and you have to run? <laughs> so I thought that could have been like That's planned true. out better. I mean, I visually. had expected to him him to start like web slinging. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> Spider Man web sling away, but you know, he just got hit by a car. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah, we, did we we had feedback. We had quite a bit of feedback from uh, for Batwoman from Kaya, Shang, and Swara. The what did things to say. what did they have to say about this episode? I will tell you in one second. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It said Kaya, Shang, okay, and Swara. So start with Shang. Who says, Luke and Ryan's heart-to-heart on the roof was so good, made me so emotional. I really like that they are getting closer. Mary and Ryan before the collective party. I love them, Your Honor. I love that they were wearing the same outfit. Like, you know, she gave her her outfit. That was actually really cute. Um, Sada went downhill after the party, but Ryan has a point. She's right there at the location, location, so she knows best sometimes, too. Alice and Ocean, ah, my bisexual threesome fantasy. I'm joking. <laughs> Are you, though, Shang? <laughs> so, Sophia and Ocean both fell in love with Alice, and then Sophia banished Ocean because he won in this love, love triangle. I'm calling this right now. <laughs> that pronouns question was very important. Good job on the writers. I absolutely love that. Honestly, can we just please have a Supergirl Batwoman crossover? Yes, exactly. Lena Luther is right there to help Ryan get rid of her kryptonite poisoning because she still has her pre-crisis memories, and he has the painting. <laughs> El Mariah Shang. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Like Ryan made a point to ask Evan his pro- pronouns, and then Sophie just assumes that Ryan's ex isn't. <laughs> that was oh, I forgot to put that in my dislikes. Why would Sophie assume that Ryan's ex was a man when in the in the first scene didn't they talk like they knew her ex? Like it, like she knew the ex was a woman. I could have sworn they had a conversation. Where I don't. It was- I don't know that they did because they never brought up her name until like the third episode. Oh, right? okay. okay. Because I, I just thought think, that I just when think she knows that the ex was like she was went to jail for the ex. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. 
Because I was like, I was just like, why would she think that it's a man? Like, what? But anyway, like, but yes, I do agree that she shouldn't have assumed. Even <laughs> though I just thought I was confused because I could have sworn she knew. Because I was like, what? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's a good point. Because, like, we knew, but I guess the characters were not told yet. <laughs> Um, but again, like you're right. I mean, it, for me, it's, it's not that big a deal that she assumed. It's just kind of like it was. It's it was another like heavy-handed thing that it was pointed for Sophie to find out that Ryan is a lesbian mm-hmm. somehow. Because that, right. that oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I don't want All that right. though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people and their defaults. <laughs> um, Kaya says, uh, I miss Kate a lot this episode. Let me be very clear. I don't care about Ruby Rose, but Kate came meant something to me. And when Evan told that story about Kate, it moved me and made me remember how her freedom to be who she was freed me to be who I am. Oh, that's so sweet. The show keeps telling me not to compare Ryan and Kate, but at the same time, it doesn't let me move on. She's not coming back, so why keep dismissing person storyline? Exactly. It's not good for anybody, especially for Sophie and Alice, who are my favorites and are stuck on a dead-end plot. I hope it ends soon so I can be free to fully accept Ryan as Batwoman. Until next time. That's a great point. You're right. They're not letting us or the characters move on, for that matter, so it's very frustrating. And then Suara has Batwoman feedback as well. And he says, I'm enjoying Batwoman so, so much. Again, Ryan has all my love. I like how the show explored police corruption through the lens of the crows, though I really wish they would just talk about real cops directly. But alas, I found Ryan's arguments against working. (laughs) I found Ryan's arguments against working the crows very compelling or against the crows very compelling. And that the show didn't really try to make a counter argument against it besides Sophie saying that she's trying to reform them, which was a weak argument anyway. I didn't watch Batwoman season one, so I don't know everything about the crows, but overall i found this episode to be informative i think that the show is doing a good job overall of talking about real issues and how they take a real toll on our heroes unlike much of supergirl season five <laughs> however stop talking about kate we know ruby rose is coming back stop <laughs> taking up time in the episode <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> thank you everyone for your batwoman thoughts and that's that on that i don't know i don't know that i i don't really have any predictions um, do either of you? This is not so much a prediction as something I honestly want. If they're gonna do the whole Sophie still being in the crows, is that like she and Luke can team up to figure out what's what happened with his dad, who the corrupt crow was, and that way mm. Sophie can fully understand like the corruption within and yeah. maybe do something about it. Like that would be really interesting. Maybe but. Julia's doing that in her super. <laughs> <laughs> I found her for you. Just off screen. Okay. And then she told me she had to go off screen as well. So. Okay. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Moving on to side B, the rage within. So um, back over in Black Lightning, the Book of Reconstruction, Chapter 3, Jefferson is feeling even more lost after a frustrating therapy session. And basically in this therapy session, um, he tells the therapist about this dream he has where um, nothing that he can do is saving his family. Um, it's always ending in, in failure. And we see, like, in the dream, Tobias is there in his home taunting him, and he just can't win against Tobias. And the therapist kind of challenges him on that, and he's like, you know, he's still t- talking about how um, he couldn't help Bill and Bill is gone, and the therapist makes the point, well, Bill isn't in your dream, but your family was. And so 
trying to break through that, and Jefferson's kind of getting frustrated not having it. Meanwhile, Anissa continues to care for a still comatose Grace, and even though she, you know, she was on the brink of giving up last week, but this week she is right there by her side and is there for Grace to wake up and immediately get married to Grace while she's still on the hospital bed. <laughs> Lastly, Lynn has a breakthrough. I don't know what she has a breakthrough on. <laughs> the black she has a breakthrough like, about, about feel like an outsider. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she she also has a therapy breakthrough. I'm like, she didn't have like a, a medical breakthrough, so I didn't know what that was about. But she did have a great she also she had a better therapy session than Jefferson, um, because they got to the root of her addiction issues and um basically that she feels like an outsider. She felt like an outsider in her own family with her um military parents and her military superstar brother. Um, and then she also feels like an outsider in her current family with her superhero husband and their superhero children. Um, so that was a great breakthrough for her into a, why she um, has gone down the path. She's gone down. Um, elsewhere, Lightning is getting a, a taste of fake news, news spin, bad press, and that um, some footage of her um, – out on the streets has been edited to show her in a bad light and so she meets up with the this teenager that sold the footage to the news network to try and clear her name and winds up creating her own little social media PR team to boost lightning's image so that's what's going on with her um and Gamby is still trying to um figure out he's managed to steal a DEG from his kind of lover <laughs> and with the help of tc <laughs> part-time lover yeah part-time lover um discovers that these deg weapons are super dangerous and probably should not be on the streets for black lightning or for any other civilian because they want to put these in the hands of cops and they blow mm. holes through concrete so that's not great uh this episode was written by brusta brown and john mitchell uh, John Mitchell Todd, and directed by Selena Kill. So, what brought joy? Like, I think the best thing about the season so far has been the fact that Jefferson and Lynn are going to therapy. They're going to therapy separately. Uh, and I think now the show's like, we're just going to keep them separate because they both have so many issues that we're just going to help them solve it. <laughs> and I love that. Um, especially, like, the fact that Lynn had a major breakthrough in terms of, like, what like why it is that she's so addicted to currently like her getting different powers and testing out these things because while she wants to use that power to sort of maybe feel closer to her family she's also using it for science and like getting to the root of that and her wanting to like feel like she belongs and wants to feel needed and all of that stuff lynn just kind of having like that breakthrough with regards to you know how she came to be addicted to these things and like it stemming from her wanting to fit in. And I think that's really important because we've never really understood 
like we're we were always so frustrated rather with like how she attacked things and like how she was so into trying to save like the green light kids and then into like trying to fight Gravedigger and then into like having all these powers and now we get to like the root of why she does these things and it does stem from like her wanting to be needed or feeling like she doesn't really belong somewhere. I like that the therapist just told her to like lean into what it is that she's good at, you know, and and kind of maybe even like one day she'll find friends in her field rather than trying to like put herself in situations where she doesn't feel like she belongs there. It was just like really sad, but also like really nice to have her discover these things um, with the help of the therapist. And even like Jefferson, you know, him getting to go into Lala's little uh, fighting cages and take out his anger. But at the end of the day, I was like, what is he doing? And then like, Oh my God, that's so sweet. Like, him giving the money to um, his friend and then giving him the house too to kind of like gather himself and be able to get back his kids and everything. I thought that was really sweet and kind of speaks to the whole Jefferson being a hero without the use of black lightning or the suit or just kind of like the alter ego. And it was really nice to see that part of him because I feel like it's been missing for so long since we don't really see him at the school very often. And he's just kind of, been through the ringer this last year with the loss of Henderson and he's trying to I felt like this episode finally grounded him and made him remember what it was to help people really like as someone in his position to do so uh, which was really really nice and like Tobias and Lynn I don't know what's happening there but it's like a love triangle now with (laughs) (laughs) with Tobias Jefferson and like the whole card thing and then like Lynn going to see him thinking she's going to see Jefferson and Jefferson saying the card and going there and seeing Lynn with Tobias. I'm like, I'm very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they have planned there, but it is just interesting because, you know, Tobias just, especially this season, he's getting, he's always rubbed everybody the wrong way, right? But like, we know Jefferson hates his guts. We know Lynn doesn't trust him and also hates him. So the fact that he is coming at Lynn with like a, you know, an offer she can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jefferson knowingly openly hating him it just creates this like really fun tension that can really pay off later on down the line and I and I'm enjoying watching that and I feel like they have a really we've talked about this <laughs> they're like their chemistry is just like I don't know what's going on here it's so but it's weird great. but it's like very <laughs> I know you're like I like watching them together I don't know what it yeah. is <laughs> but they're you know something about it is just interesting um so that all of that stuff was great and like I I will say I like the social media aspect of Jennifer's storyline only because I felt like she was finally getting something and taking things into her own hands because like for the last couple episodes, she's, she's just sort of been floating in the sky, you know, just absorbing the energy and stuff like that and not really having anything of her own. And I feel like she finally got that this episode. I agree with this. All, all things that you said are things that I could say. Um, <laughs> I, I liked, I liked that the episode actually voiced the notion of, you know, like what is Freeland without Black Lightning, which is kind of what it feels like the season is wrapping up to be and was kind of where we started too. like without Black Lightning, Freeland is in chaos with, you know, different gangs or whatever you want to call them that are like trying to run the town. And now we're back in season four with Lala and Tobias trying to take over, um, and as Jefferson gets further removed from Black Lightning, like he actually gives the suit away, it's like Freeland gets worse. 
Um, but at the same time, at the same time, like you said, I love that we got to see the side of Jefferson that is a hero without Black Lightning because he was getting lost in the Black Lightning side of things. So he is important for himself to center himself and find his heroism again as himself. And then he can finally put Black Lightning back on whatever that's going to be. So I did really like the storyline with Marcel um, and the whole illegal cage fighting match, even though, you know, I feel like that's not going to be good for his principal thing. And they're like, like streaming the cage fighting match. Yeah. So if anyone sees it on the internet. No, it's like <laughs> his face is covered. They went through that. Oh, their okay. faces right, are blurred. Their faces, you, can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't find it. Okay, sure. But I feel like you could. Until, anyway. well, it's just a prediction, I feel like, until like, right. you know, something malfunctions. <laughs> Exactly. The lightning Someone's gonna figure that shit out. Yeah. But but you know, even though it's illegal, <laughs> at least he is covering his face, unlike when he's attacking random people on the street mm-hmm. and not covering his face. So I guess that's great. It's an it's a step up. But him giving like handing Marcel the keys to his you know childhood home so that he has a place to stay was really nice. I love that the Jefferson that I appreciate success. And like you said, I love the therapy sessions. They're definitely some of my favorite scenes in the episode. I especially love Lynn's realization in this episode that her addiction and her need to try to be like a meta or like a meta in this um, is a response to feeling she doesn't belong. And then that's why she's engaging with her powers with green light, even though her brain is her superpower. Right. And like, that's Mm -hmm. really where she is uh, the most effective. And that's also what Tobias hits her with, which makes Mm -hmm. the Tobias, and Lynn relationship really interesting. Like, I see you. I see you, girl. Exactly. exactly. He's like, I want... You don't have to be super from me. Stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's making me a little bit, you know, I'm shipping it a little bit. It's a problem. It's a problem. Um, but I just loved how the final the final scene was, like, constructed as if it was, like, a traditional love triangle, right? Like, even in terms of Tobias sent the flowers, it's like a romantic gesture. She thinks it's Jefferson. She gets there with the one who did the romantic gesture was actually Tobias. Jefferson goes and he sees. So yeah, it's it's very much set up like a romantic comedy. Um, and I like ever live exactly. (laughs) I really am interested in where they're going to go with that. Um, I did actually think that Jen and her social media, um, brigade or whatever, like the whole idea of the news, um, manipulating events so that society looks at you one way <laughs> that is not true um is an interesting concept and i liked the dude i can't remember his name or whatever but like he was fun and him being like okay fine i'll help you whatever so it was like a little bit interesting to see you know jen and her social media manager so we'll see where that goes all right that's all i i don't know if this is what this says about me that i like that Jefferson is spiraling. <laughs> it's, it's like the same as, as last week where it's like, you know, Lynn is still has an addiction, but I like this addiction more. Like, I like this one. <laughs> it's more interesting to me. <laughs> I, I feel the same with, like, Jefferson spiraling, even though, like, this, the whole family being apart thing is just, like, ridiculous. But, um, you know, his storyline and you know him spiraling is just something different that we haven't seen him gone through and I like that in this episode in particular that it was channeled in a more productive direction um you know against people that are consenting to being hit <laughs> I guess 
<laughs> it's like the cage fight is a more contained place for his rage where like you said he's not on the street assaulting random um people you know that he feels are bad guys or whatever but he's his identity is protected for now um and it's he's making like little things like you know he the the like helping marcel out in this episode um and getting him the cage fighting money and setting up a place to live those are small steps that he was able to accomplish without a super suit which i think gets to the root of his issues and in his therapy sessions of not being not feeling like he can be effective as Jefferson if he's not like Black Lightning. Like Black Lightning became, you know, it's like a, a a shortcut and then you're so reliant on the shortcut that you don't know how to do all the other steps that lead up to that. Like if if that shortcut right, fails, right. then, you know, how do you do this again? So him kind of starting small in this one episode, I think was, a good win for him. Um, And I thought, you know, so I think even though his, his therapy session was frustrating for him, I think it it got to like a a good place with how his storyline ended out in this episode. Um, I really, I think my favorite part of the episode was Lynn's conversation with the therapist and her breakthrough. And it was just, it felt really sad because, um, but it also provided a lot of depth to what she's been going through. Cause I, I feel like I understand this storyline more with the powers. Cause it, it's a more obvious right, right. Um, that she feels Parallel, like, yeah. yeah, it's more obvious that she is doing these like experiments with the powers because she wants to be, feel like she's a productive part of her superhero family. Um, so that makes more sense than the green light thing did last season. Um, but getting this further information on her family, which is the first time that we've heard about her family. Um, it took four seasons. Yes. And for, we got finally got John Stewart name drop. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is interesting in how, being in that family kind of drove her the way that she was to be like, if I can't be, you know, and from, from her perspective, because I I can't remember verbatim what she said, but she was talking about how her family were, you know, top military, John's top military. And they're like, you, you don't need to be in the military because it's, it's not, you're not cut out for the military, that kind of thing. And so that kind of drove her to be um, the best and dominate this field of science that she was good at. Um, and then it's being like repeated with her family and the superheroes. And it's repeated in last week when Anissa and Jen told her flat out, like, you don't need to be out there. You're a liability. And then it's like reinforced with Jefferson again in this episode. Um, so that it, it feels like really sad to have her have that realization that that's where her addiction comes from. And, and, those feelings and feeling like that. But then also, again, it kind of makes sense again. Well, at the end of the episode that Tobias is able to wiggle in through the open door, so to speak, um, because he talks to her, like, you know, you, you're, you're not an outsider to me. You're not a liability to me. You're special to me. Your brain is special to me. 
Um, so it's, it's very like interesting dynamic in, in what that could occur. And then again, like another way, reason I feel like I'm insane is because I like them so much. It's like, this is like the weirdest crack shit ever, but I don't, I rock with it for some reason. I don't know. I, I, I really like that. Um, that's sanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Jefferson going into because he's not going to be happy about that. We're going to have more like arguments, which I'm not going to be happy about. But like the whole, you know, and he's going to have like Jefferson's going to have to fight for his wife now. So that that will be an interesting setup. Yes. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, we well we saw the return like a small joy that. It's not kind of a joy because, you know, I still don't understand what Lala's purpose is at the moment. But we did see him kill somebody and get a new face uh, tattoo. But the person that he killed doesn't have any powers either. So my my theory is still unproven. So <laughs> um, what did not spark joy? Um, <laughs> well, obviously, like the great stuff, because I just don't understand it just why do this you had her as a series regular just have her wake up in the very first episode spend two episodes kind of getting her to you know get used to what happened in the last year and what she missed and then have her and Anissa get married I just right. feel like she got up she's been up for two seconds I'd be like damn what did I miss and it's like let's get married okay <laughs> it just felt so abrupt and especially since like Anissa didn't call her family you know, she didn't take the time to be like, oh, Grace, are you okay? Like, what's been going on? What are the effects of you being in a coma for this long? Like, what's going on with your powers? And then it's just like, let's call Darius, the rando we just met, <laughs> bring him in and have him officiate the wedding just because it's like, oh, well, you know, him and this are not going to be a thing. Let's just get her married to Grace right now. And it just, it was so weird. It was the, the weirdest wedding probably in the entire Arrowverse right now. I did not like it, um, and I just feel like they're just slapping everything together with this relationship because they just genuinely don't care, and I'm frustrated that they don't care because we care, and I don't want to not care, so that was irritating. And then, like, it aggravates me that they only call TC, like, I'm happy he's alive, that they only call him, though, to, like, do tech stuff for them, and he just, like, scoffs, and he's like, no, I don't really want to do it, fine, I'll do it, and then they just go off and do their thing, but it doesn't feel like he's really part of the team you know he just mm -hmm. sort of shows up randomly helps them out and then just goes away um and i don't know i think it's just a general frustration with the fact that i personally like don't know where the season is headed like how is it going to end you know like and this didn't really have that much to do this episode either besides like be there with grace for two seconds and I don't know her storyline really. She doesn't really have one right now. Like Jen, she has a social media thing and that's really cool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, China's leaving. I don't know when she's going to leave at what point. And it's like, I don't know how they're going to wrap up her story. It just feels like there are a lot of plot threads. And I am so very much enjoying the family drama, but I don't know like the overarching like plot, like where is it headed? And it's like getting to me because I would like to, have some sort of trajectory for a couple of the characters specifically. Like I feel like Jeff and Lynn are getting a lot of great stuff personally, but I don't feel like it's the same for Anissa and Jennifer. And that's, mm, that's aggravating. True. Tati. Yeah. 
I agree. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> uh, no, um, I definitely really, really disliked um, everything having to do with the Grayson and Issa storyline. That was like my biggest dislike is because like you said, there's literally no reason why they would have had her just be in a coma for a year at the start and then just continue to be in a coma for two, for, for two episodes just so she could wake up and get married in like two scenes. Like, well, at first I was convinced when, when the grace, when Anissa was like, okay, great, you're awake. We're going to get married. It's going to be amazing. That grace would like put up some resistance. Like, whoa, I just, I literally just woke up. I just woke you know? up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally. And, and, you know, since we had just seen, you mentioned, like, the previous episode, it just seemed like, basically, it seemed like Anissa was just like, well, I'm not dealing with this, you know, <laughs> with leopard grace. So it seemed like she was, like, maybe um, overcompensating or something. Like, I thought that there was, like, a, a bad omen. I thought there was, like, bad vibes to that, and we were going to see that be a problem. But instead, Grace was like, great! <laughs> I can't wait to marry you! <laughs> Two seconds out of my coma, five seconds after I died, and then was resurrected. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that was abrupt too. She's like, wake up, and it's like, she wakes up. I'm like, damn, that's magical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was just, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it just really showcases how little the writers care, right? Because they either give them nothing or they throw everything at them in as few scenes as possible. And then Grace disappears after that. It's like, Anissa just got married. And yet there's a scene where she like goes to visit her mom or whatever. She doesn't even mention, hey, I got married. She's like, what's up? You know, it would have been so I feel like it would have brought the family together, too, exactly. like if they had been there. Yeah. So. I, it's such a weird way to, like, keep the family apart, continue. Or, or it's not a way to keep the family apart, but, like, clearly they feel like keeping the family apart. So they didn't bother trying to to reunite them for that. Um, it definitely, like, it now takes the cake, right? Like, you know, West Sound fans can be upset about how their wedding was, you know, was ruined, and then they had to have a... a, 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 a like, hold my beer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We got at least, like, a wedding dress and some ceremony. They didn't get shit. <laughs> it was so sad. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's really sad for me. I just, I feel like that's emblematic of how the show is being treated this season overall, right? Like we mentioned before, like, we're not getting promos. Um, we're not getting any promo, period. <laughs> um, they're just, like, shuffling off the show, and then eventually, supposedly, we're going to get a Khalil show, even though, again, this is what? Is this episode three or episode four? But, uh, three. Three? Three. But, yeah, so we're three episodes in, and we still haven't seen or even heard or even thought about Khalil. So, again, why are we supposed to care about that show that's coming? Um, and then why did we have this random Doctor Man marrying them? Like, they couldn't have found at least Lynn or Jefferson to do it? Like, just this man's like, oh, actually, I am a, I'm an officiate. I can do it. Okay, great. Hell, we like, I'm pretty like sure this. that Jen could have, like, gone on yeah, the internet for 20 like, minutes. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> With her new social media prowess. So, yeah. Um, that would really... be great social media. I know. <laughs> like, lightning Mary lesbian oh, couple. Oh, my God, that would be so funny. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, whoa. So anyway, so yeah, all these ideas that are just superior to to what they did. It was just so just just so sloppy, so sloppy, um, so sloppy that it feels like it has to be intentional, but clearly it's not because they don't have any intentions when it comes to Grayson and Nissa. So yeah, it's really sad. I think the other thing I just I feel like this whole concept of like Jefferson is like I must hang up the black lightning suit so I can protect my daughters, but my daughters are going out every day in their suits with no protection. Because I'm not there to protect them. And then my wife is shooting herself up 
with magic powers so that she can protect them because I'm not doing it. And my city is in flames. This is definitely the way to go. I should not be black lightning and just leave it to other people because protection. So, um, yeah, I just don't really get what that like reasoning is. And maybe if the therapist like knew, like the therapist doesn't know that he's black lightning, right? That's why we don't have magical therapist lady from last season or two seasons ago, whenever she was. I don't remember time. Um, cause she probably would be like, listen, uh, this is a really bad plan and your family's gonna die. You should just put your shoe back on. <laughs> but, but oh well. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that was my biggest dislike. Um, it just feels like, I don't know that the show, like the show must know where it's going, but I don't know if it cares about how it gets there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I I didn't mention Lightning storyline and my joys. Um, I don't know that it it was just kind of there for me. I feel like there is an issue with how Jen is just so blasé about her powers, and she's obviously like the most powerful one in the family. And I feel like there's I don't know there's something there of her going up to the atmosphere so much. It's almost I don't I want I hesitate to say it's like a high for her, but I mean it is. And um and then she can't kind of see that and you know, as messed up as the edited news coverage was, I'm not sure why she, you know, I don't know, the whole like social media and, and pressures and and then I, I guess it's just like overall the fact that we know that she is not even in this whole season and I just don't see where the end game is for this. this I don't know. This, like worrying about social media just seems like a very weird route to go when I know that China is leaving the show and that she's not in all the episodes and that she's like she's we're in the third episode. Right. And I feel like I don't know if she said that she only did four or she leaves in four or something. Did she I don't say know. That? Oh my God. I don't, I don't like, don't quote me because I, oh. but for some reason in my mind, I only thought that she was in four episodes a season. Mm. I'm pretty well, like damn. in her live or something when she was explaining about leaving, I'm pretty sh- like, I feel like I'm remembering that, that she said she was only in four episodes. So mm. <laughs> we've already had three. So I don't know. I just don't know exactly what to think and we saw that one time like you know the the omen that her juicing up in the atmosphere is a little bit out of control is when she starts like losing part of her hand like it goes like lightning ish disappears or dissipates or whatever mm-hmm. so I mean is she going to like become one with the universe and like how is that supposed to help the family <laughs> you know so I'm I'm not really I'm not really seeing what kind of story they're trying to do for her leaving. Um, So that's kind of like weird. And then just the whole, of course, like you guys said, the thunder grace of it all, the whiplash of having Anissa being fed up with grace and contemplate leaving her versus being the devoted girlfriend this week and giving her like a, a sponge bath, the disrespect of grace, having grace code, because she doesn't mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like, you know, you know, Anissa is by her bedside and like washing her body and telling her, Oh my god, baby, you got like when you wake up we're gonna do all this stuff and then she codes. 
disrespectful. And then and then we're supposed to be like, oh, she brought back to life or whatever. But no, you coded her for like three seconds. Um, so that kind of like unnecessary drama of having her code. And then the fact that Chantal was promoted like to social media queen, um, getting the accounts for Instagram and all that kind of stuff for this episode. This is supposed to be her big episode, but we only saw her in a coma in the beginning of the episode. And then for three minutes, she and she's not in the whole middle of the episode. And we see her again for exactly like three minutes towards the end of the episode to get married. And then we don't see her again. But you have Chantal out doing social media promotion. Like, hey, come watch this episode. But she didn't give her nothing to do. So, like, that right, right. is just disrespectful. The audacity of, like, this quickie hospital fed <laughs> marriage. And having Darius. <laughs> I don't like Darius. You know how I feel about Darius coming up in here. Who Anissa met, she met him like literally yesterday and he's going to officiate their wedding. He's going to, you know, it's just, why? Like it, it's, you just don't have any respect for people that like this ship and they've never had any respect for Thunder Grace. So should I be surprised? Like, <laughs> why am I surprised? I already knew this. I already knew they were like this, but somehow still I am. And it's the first LGBT superhero marriage it's not the first one in the Arrowverse in the sense that Captain Singh got married on the Flash but he's not he's a tertiary character and he never <laughs> follows buddy anyway so but this like this is like one of your main characters on your show why would you do her like that why wouldn't you just like save the marriage for when everybody's happy at the end of the series and then like that be it it's man it's just like that would have made more sense it would have been a nice close yeah. Anyways, um, I think um, Suara gave us some feedback. He was nice enough to. Oh, thank you, Suara. I feel like the lack of black lightning feedback is because no one else is like, is like, look at this shit. Like, what can else play? <laughs> what did Suara say? Suara says, to be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of black lightning this week. I like what they were doing with Lynn and exploring her psychology and found that rewarding. And then they dashed it with a contrived plot about Jeff thinking she's in cahoots with Tobias. What? <laughs> I don't understand why we need this, and especially in the last season. I also don't understand this overt concern Jen now has with this bland white woman right-wing commentator. Right? Just be here and let the narrative follow. The social media thing read as very shallow to me. I love, love, love Thunder Grace getting back together with Grace waking up. But the rushed wedding honestly read to me as we're in a pandemic. We can't shoot this scene with more than three people. <laughs> <laughs> Did she at least change her clothes? I mean, damn. Yeah, right. right. Like, get her some bouquet of flowers at least. I don't know. Uh, as with, as was the cage match with fans on the screens, I really think the network has just been rushing the last season at least as far, uh, at least so far, and it's disappointing to see. I really hope it gets better. You know what? I will say the cage match did definitely scream this is a pandemic, but I also yeah. thought that was kind of like ingenious way to do it. So I'm not I'm not too mad at that. Yeah, because like they that's a great way to get money from people who don't who can't physically be there either. So it's like yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lady with gumption of the week. That is not Ryan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so if, if not Ryan, okay. Hmm, hmm. Let's let's challenge ourselves here. Let's challenge ourselves. Okay, Ryan's off the table. Um. I mean, Alice got pretty far, you know, facing off against Ocean. 
uh, on the Black Lightning side, Lynn had her break- breakthrough. You know, mm-hmm. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn made some important realizations. Mm-hmm. I think a, I, would, I would go with had the had had the balls to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just because she like actively went after someone, like she had That's a you know, personal yeah. vendetta against, and was like, "I'm going to do something about this," and she did. <laughs> Who is this, May? That you're giving uh, Jen, me Jen, Jen. Okay. <laughs> she said, "This have the audacity." <laughs> yeah, and it's had the audacity to, to propose immediate marriage to Grace seconds after she woke up from a year long coma. So. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> That's a gumption. <laughs> I don't like either but, of those choices. <laughs> I mean, we, of of the choices that we've said so far, which one do you like this? Or do you have a separate one? No, I don't. But I, I feel like I like Lynn's the best because I, I liked her. I don't know if it's like necessarily gumption, but I think she just had the best storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the ladies present. Light, I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is, this season is a struggle, ladies. <laughs> right, right. No. Honestly, if we were including all the shows, I'd probably say Lois. Right, Lois is like heading up her oh, family okay. and her yes, career and her like you know keeping everything together, um, <laughs> setting Clark on the right path. Also, you know, yelling about journalism to anyone who will listen. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but I feel like she'll she'll probably get more of that next week because I feel like yeah. it was yeah. more setup of her journalism. Like, oh, I hate Morgan Edge, but next week she'll actually go after Morgan okay. Edge. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same actor from the uh from no, I, he's it's different new, him yeah. and uh sam lane are different actors so i guess crisis rebooted them <laughs> <laughs> all right so lynn this week is our yay, lady with yay lynn um tune back in next week when the flash is back um she sighed on that this is the <laughs> This is eight. The eighteen comes back next week. We have the Flash, um, along with Batwoman and Black Lightning. I, I still don't, you know, don't have out for me for having Superman and Lois feedback. I'm just saying. Um, but if you have feedback and you want to tell us about it, um, you can contact us at ladiesofbegumption at gmail dot com on Tumblr, ladiesofbegumption dot tumblr dot com, um, and yeah, come back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.